And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Podcast feed. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by Mo Dekeel. Mo, let's talk about the teams that we think are the most underrated heading into the NBA season. I assume you've got one considering we got 30 to pick from. So what's your first one? My very first one, Jared, is the Toronto Raptors. I think everybody is kind of just assuming they're just going to be very average and and, and and probably struggle to even make the play-in game, whereas I look at them going this past season was such an aberration for them, more so than anybody else. They were the only team that played all 72 games on the road. They had to move to Tampa Bay, Jared. They of all even, places. Of all places in the world. But they didn't get to play at home, right? Like, there was no home games for them. They were on the road. And it wasn't something of like, hey, this is planned. You have three months to plan for this. It was literally like, hey, we're starting the season. And, hey, you guys up north, yeah, you, you, you need to come down to Florida. You know? And that's a very, very easy transition. Canada to Florida. <laughs> I mean, Toronto is basically the Tampa, the northeast of the continent, right? So, okay, yeah, I I definitely understand the logic of, I mean, how insanely hard is it just not just have to play in home uh, road arenas and not have the just get 41 games out of the year where you have the benefit of your home fans, but the grind of having to be on the road that entire time and not just having those weeks when you're at home, which probably would have sucked because they would have been on the road away from everybody. But so... Yeah, that probably will lead to a boon. But what about the roster itself? I mean, how do do you feel comfortable with the way this roster is set up right now to be like a legit playoff team? Yeah, no, when I look at this team, and that was like the next point, besides the, the, the weird situation and that stuff, I mean, Pascal Siakam did not have a good year. Like, I think he's poised for a big bounce back year. I think Fred Van Vliet is always just reliable. You know, I think you're in a situation when you're looking at this team, you know, OG Ananobi's, I think, ready to take even another step forward. They traded Norman Powell, picked up Gary Trent Jr., re-signed him. I thought he was a good pickup for them. I think just in general, they have a lot of good pieces and they have Goran Dragic, who it's kind of unclear if he wants to come to Toronto and and, and play for them or not. I know there was rumblings during our short offseason that he was unhappy with that move and would like to get out of Toronto. But if they keep him, he's a perfect fit for that squad. If they trade him, he's a guy that can get them another piece. Like, I think they're in a good situation in general. I think they're going to have an opportunity to develop Scotty Barnes some more. I I just liked where this team is kind of set up. And I think they're in a position, Jared, to really kind of just jump over. I saw something where the win expectations were like 37, 38 wins. This team's going to finish above 500 at the very least. Interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, Goran Dragic, I I assume that the initial posturing was pretty reasonable. He wanted to go back to a uh, 
borderline contending team because he's pretty late in his career and so he didn't want to get stuck in Toronto but he definitely seems like the kind of person that he's entering the season he hasn't been traded he's going to show up and play well and try to play well enough that a team is going to want to get him out of there so I assume they're going to get whatever Dragic has left at this point of his career they're going to get the most out of him and it's exciting to have them bring in like a really competent on-ball creator and scorer like him to be a backup because I think that was something they definitely like you were you were wondering how are they going to be able to find that with Lowry gone and he brings he doesn't bring everything Lowry brings but he definitely brings enough of it to keep them afloat but I'm really I'm really curious to see if forget about Siakam bouncing back which I think he'll bounce back to a certain degree for sure but is OG Ananobi going to take another step forward as an offensive creator and score I think he will, and I think it's he's going to have that opportunity early in the season because one thing I am remiss to to bring up is that Pascal Siakam does have a torn labrum, and it's a five-month recovery, so he's not going to be ready at the very start of the season. And I think that's where we're going to see right away from OG Ananobi. Can you step in? Can you make plays right away and really help us? It's going to be a big opportunity for Scotty Barnes. I just think we're really kind of giving up on a team that – with also Nick Nurse as the coach, I feel like they just have the ability to kind of overachieve. This is just that squad. I'm not going to count out Fred Van Vliet. This team is just has that toughness quality to them in the way they provide. So I think when we go back to your original question of Ananobi, I think this is the time right now. He's heading into his fourth season. He's got to step up and show like, hey, I am the guy you drafted. I'm everything you guys thought I was going to be. It's time. Let's move forward. My only concern, Jared... They're still a little bit weak in the center position. I like Chris Boucher, but he's more of a power forward. I feel like they're still kind of hurting a bit for that center spot. So that's the one thing that might hold them back. All right. So they're a team that could surprise us in the East. What about over in the West? I don't think enough people are talking about the Memphis Grizzlies. They never are. They never are. You know, and I think we should. This is a team that is slowly kind of climbing up. They, they're doing the thing every young team does and, and making a new step forward each season. The, in the bubble, just missed out off the bubble, uh, off the playing game because of the playoffs. May go to the playing game this year, knock out the Warriors, get the eight seed. Like they're just one of those teams. Go into Utah game one on the road and pull off the W. I know Donovan Mitchell didn't play. Utah fans don't come at me. I remember, but. <laughs> It's still a big win. That's something you don't expect from young teams. I think this is a team we don't talk about much. They're going to miss Jonas Valanciunas' offense. I think that's going to be a a blow to them. But Steven Adams is going to make up for a lot of his stuff defensively in terms of rebounding and things like that. The bigger concern is, the bigger question mark is, what is Jaron Jackson Jr. going to do? I think last year was a weird year coming back from injury and all of that and not having practice time and stuff, I think we're going to have a, like I said with Pascal Siakam kind of bouncing back, I think we're going to have a big year from Jaron Jackson Jr. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, that's that's the huge question mark with them because we know his talent is is huge. He can be a major defensive playmaker. He can 
potentially be a real threat from outside, but we just didn't really see that last year. It's one thing if he turns into a good knockdown shooter again, but are they going to be able to run some offense for him? Is he going to be able to be a dangerous pick and roll partner for John Moran? I feel like for everything that John Moran is doing, he doesn't really didn't really have like that, that, that really dangerous role threat next to him that kind of really forced teams to retreat on him. He was still getting through defenses and they didn't even really have that role gravity next to him to open things up for him. So I'm looking to see if John Moran is going to prove he can be that guy. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Jaron Jackson can prove that. I really like him, and I've really liked him since he came to the league. He's he's a it's weird. He's like a seven footer, but he's not really like a physically imposing seven footer. He's like a very different breed of a big man. But it seems like he has all the makings to be the exact kind of guy that this team needs, especially next to Adams, who is going to handle who is a good role man and who is a good anchor defensively interiorly. Yeah, and you know we barely touched on John Morant. I think he's just his development's going to continue to grow forward. But they have a bunch of other guys in the supporting cast. Dylan Brooks annoys the hell out of everybody, especially with his shot selection. But he's a hell of a defensive player. I think Desmond Bain coming off the bench is a big uh, piece for them. I think just in general, as this team, they're built solidly and. They got a coach I trust in Taylor Jenkins. Again, continuing to move forward with this team, and he's growing with this team. I just like this squad. I actually think, and here's going to be a little bit of a bull prediction, I think they're. I think they have a good chance of making the, the playoffs without having to go through the play-in. Oh, interesting. I, I, I could see that. I could see that because there's, there's a few teams around the – you know, teams like Portland and Golden State that you know, who knows if they're going to be the ones that are stuck down there in the play-in. So that, that could happen. All right. So got a potential non-play-in uh, team in the West, probably play-in team in the East. What is there like a team that you think people aren't recognizing as they could be like the top half of their conference? I think we got to pay attention a little bit to the Dallas Mavericks. And I think it's going to come down to Chris Tapp's Porzingis. Right? Can Porzingis bounce back and be a guy on both ends of the court that really plays a role for the Mavs? He ended up really, Jared, just kind of becoming like a, a, a catch-and-shoot corner guy for them. You know, and that's, you know, when you're paying him second option money, you kind of need more from that. You need to see him pick it up defensively. You need to see him kind of find a role offensively more than just being a catch-and-shoot guy. It's funny because I'm worried about Luca another year where he just has to shoulder such a massive load offensively. And I feel like this is the year where he's just going to need somebody to take a little bit of that burden off of him. And I, I really thought they were going to just bring in somebody that's a creator, even if they're not like a you know starting caliber player, just somebody that could really be that creator for them. And they didn't really do that, which is why I didn't have them on the list. And I'm surprised you're picking them. But I mean, who did you have? Who did you have? I'd be. Mean, who did I have uh, like also underrated? We'll get to that in a sec. I, I think, um, yeah, I think there's a few teams in the East, but just before we move on from Dallas, I, I, what, I'm just really curious. Do you think that Dallas already has everything in place and then adding in someone like Reggie Bullock, a new coach who's going to give them maybe a more creative offense is really all they need to kind of make that leap to you know, pushing that contention window opening? No, I don't think they, they already have somebody in place. I think part of the reason why I would have them in possibly getting into the upper half into the top four is because teams like Denver aren't going to have Jamal Murray. The Clippers aren't going to have Kawhi Leonard. Like it's a little more challenging in that sense. And I agree with you. They are missing that playmaker. And that's where they might actually make a move for Goran Dragic. Like that might actually be something that happens. And, you know, my two underrated teams might make a dis- might have a discussion and make a trade and help each other. So I think those are things that are possible 
with that. I think part of it is, you know, they're not necessarily ready to contend, although I like the Bullock hiring. I mean, hiring, sorry, signing. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know if they are going to uh, necessarily contend just yet. But, hey, let's get them out of the first round first. Okay, we'll do that. And I, I think my, my similar team in the East is Miami, who I don't know if they can really be considered underrated, but I, I just think that if they can just conjure up some of that magic that they had two years ago where they have some guys who really broke out then who I think have developed a few more years and are going to look even better this year. Guys like Bam, I think Hero is probably slated for a bounce back season after last year. Robinson is kind of hitting his prime. Just adding in Lowry and just everything he brings to the table with his defensive leadership, his his, uh, his deep shooting, his just tenacity. I feel like they just have a tenacity overload with that team, and they're just going to, you know, hopefully if they don't have COVID and injuries really messing them up this year, like the, I think that was a problem for them last year, they can really, they, they can really sneak up towards a, those top two juggernauts in the Eastern Conference. Let me ask you a question, Jared. Sure, go ahead. Are they too old? Of course they are, but sometimes, sometimes I mean, hey, the Lakers are really betting on this one, right? And, but it's like, and, 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 and let me say this as a future old man: I'm, I'm, I'm very close to being uh, uh, old here in a second, so I understand. But like, they seem old. I just, I feel like the guys that are old still they play with that energy that compensates for it. So. As old as they are, it's like these are all guys that are still going to give you 40 minutes of endless hustle. And so the old the oldness is more a concern of health than it is actual impact and them kind of starting to drop off in their careers just for this year. I think maybe after this season, that's when you start to see the uh, the other edge of the cliff for them. All right. Well, I, let's, I think you're a little bit higher on them than me, but we can we can roll with that. What else okay. you got? Um, I'm debating putting Charlotte in here because I mean, I feel like they're a league past darling, which gets them a little bit more hype, but like there, there's a few guys that were really good for them last year that are early enough in their careers that they can take a really big leap forward. And so I'm like, I'm very tempted to say that Charlotte's going to be the team that really surprises everybody. I mean, what do you think? I I think you're a year too early on that. Okay. That's I fair. think there's still more seasoning with this team. I still think, you know, I don't, they still need to figure out their center position. I think that's something that hurt them last season and with Zeller leaving even more difficult. And it's shocking that Zeller leaving. I can't believe you're saying that right now. <laughs> no, no, I can't believe I said that. And that's just the way it goes. It's recorded and now I'm in trouble. Um, but I, I, I think they're a year too early. I think they're still league pass darlings, but we got to figure all this stuff out. As much as we're banking on guys making a leap, that's not always how development works. Sometimes it's, it's you know, sophomore slumps, you know, for LaMelo Ball. Like teams might have a better understanding of how to go at him this year. It's going to be a little bit different. I don't think they are there yet to be the surprise team. I think they're the team that needs to show this year that they're uh, a little more than just, hey, we're more than just a league pass team. But I don't think they're there yet on the, the they're going to shock the world deal. Well, then, I mean, in that case, I don't think there's another team out there that I think could really outperform expectations or recent performance. Maybe Denver getting Jamal Murray back, MPJ hopefully started to become like a really dangerous off the bounce creator that could do wonders for them. But there's no one else that I'm seeing that's sticking out for me. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it's funny going into this. I feel like a lot of teams are appropriately rated. (laughs) 
Not a, not, little, not, not quite the hot take we would want for a podcast, but yeah. Listen, this is where you come to the Athletic NBA show for drama, and this is the kind of drama we want. That the power rankings are pretty reasonable, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, maybe Washington is not bad, and like that's a surprise. But otherwise, it's like you know, the, uh, I, I should. I'm in Boston. I should have gotten this one in Boston. I feel like you get anywhere from dramatically overachieving to dramatically underachieving. There's like so much unknown with them. But I guess if we did an overrated pod, we probably could have put them in that one too. They're they're the, one of the big questions marks of the league this year yeah i mean there there are question marks though with a lot of teams right washington i think is is a good call they're going to be a team that's either going to be underrated or overrated relatively quickly i think we're there's a lot going on i just can't wait jared let's get the basketball season going let's go all right let's go for mode to keel i'm jared weiss don't forget to subscribe to the athletic nba show if you haven't already check out all of our other athletic pods they're all good they're all pods they're all listenable find them wherever pods are sold so for mo i'm jared mo take us out of here ding ding As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.